So, hello there everyone and welcome back to the third episode of the Dundalk Fan TV podcast. I'm delighted to say we have Dundalk FC first team coach, John Gill on the line. John, thanks so much for coming on. No problem, Porrick, a pleasure. There, so, John, the squad recently returned to training. How happy are you to be back? Uh, it's been good. I think it's been really good. Uh, you know, it's well documented. It's been a long few months for everybody particularly maybe for football players um, who are used to being active. So we got back two weeks. This is our third week we're back now. Did a lot of, uh, had a lot of COVID tests done the first two weeks, first three weeks. But we were, we're really back into the swing of things now. In fairness to the players, they've all come back in great condition. Um, credit to themselves and, and the strength and conditioning coach, uh, Graham Norton, and the, medical t- and the medical staff. So, you know, it's been a really pleasurable last two, three weeks since we've been back. Yeah, there's been two Americans on trial with the squad, Josh Gatt and Tanner Dolgan. Uh, Josh Gatt's actually signed today for the club. How happy are you with both of their progress on trial? They're two great lads, <clears throat> two different types of player. Um, in fairness, young, young, young Tanner hasn't signed for us yet. Um, Patrick, he's, he's, he can't, thinks that maybe it could be a problem with a work permit. Josh Gatt signed today. Josh is an international player. He's played for the USA, albeit a couple of years ago. Has had a very difficult time with injuries the last couple of years, but definitely in what we've seen of him, we saw him earlier on in pre-season, he's definitely got ability. He's played at a very high level in Norway and in the United States, so we're very excited and happy that he's come on board. Yeah, definitely. Played under Solskjaer as well, I think, at Molda was. He's also has some experience in the MLS with Colorado Rapids, so a um, very high-profile player to be adding to the squad, and hopefully we can get a few more on board with this great team. Yeah, listen, we've lost, as you probably know, we've lost Cammy Smith back to Dundee United. So it was a, that was one kind of player, an attacking player in the, in the attacking area of the pitch that we probably felt we needed to maybe have a little re- replace and extra bodies come in. I think he will help the group if we can keep him fit. Um, he's, he appears to be in great physical condition at the moment. Um, and with a little bit of luck, and I hope he gets a little bit of luck because he hasn't had much of it in the last couple of years, he could be a great addition to the squad. Yeah, also another addition is uh, War- former Waterford manager Alan Reynolds who signed on as assistant manager. How happy are you to see him join the club as well? Yeah, he, he, he came in and joined the group yesterday. He was in yesterday and today. He's, a, he's got a wealth of experience, Alan has. He's done a great job at Waterford the last few years. He's been with a few very big clubs around the league. Cork, been with St. Pat's. He, he worked with Stephen Kenny up in Derry. So he brings a wealth of experience and knowledge to the, to the role. I definitely think we needed to bring an extra coach in after um, Rory Higgins, you know, departed. Uh, we have a, a decent, a very big squad. So, you, you, know, the, you know, with a big squad, you need more coaches. He knows the game. He's a great knowledge of the game. And I think it'll be an asset for the group. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the loss of Higgins? Obviously, Vinnie Perth voiced his concerns on it very well. But do you think there was any problem in the way the FAI recruited him? Um... Do you know what? Football's a funny business. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for Rory. It's it's a magic opportunity for him to work at, you know, an elite level along with a, with, a, with a manager that he knows really really well. I don't really know the ins and outs of really what happened, and I don't really don't you know it doesn't really bother me. Um, what I do know is that Rory's moved on and he goes with the club's blessing. I hope he's I hope he does really really well because he's a, a tremendous person as well as being a fantastic coach with a great knowledge of 
great knowledge of the game. He, he would undoubtedly be a loss to us. But we've, re we've replaced him with, with Alan Reynolds, who was an equal. Really good coach and has a great knowledge of the game. So, you know, uh, whatever the ins and outs of, of what happened, it's, 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 it's in the past now. We move forward and we look, we look to the future. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, he came back to the club as Vinnie Perth's first team coach at the start of last season after a spell out of management. How happy were you to link back with the club after a successful spell at Oriel a few years ago, a few years before? Listen, there's no, there's no doubt when I left the club in 2008, it was under <clears throat> difficult circumstances, strange circumstances. It's a great football club. A lot of water has passed under the bridge since I was last at the club. It's a different club now, facility-wise. What they've achieved with Stephen Kenny and Vinnie Perth has been unprecedented. I, I'm just happy that I was able to come back last year and help the club. You know, uh, over a very turbulent time with Stephen after leaving the club, I'm thrilled that they, they had the faith in Vinnie um, to 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 take the job on. And I think he's been it's been he, he's more than exceeded expectations. He had a great first season as manager. Um, and he's he's developing every, you know he's developing into he will develop into one of the great managers in this league. For me to be able to come back and make a small contribution to that, it, it's been a pleasure, and it's a great football club. Yeah, how happy were you to come back and kind of have that success after the Dundalk you knew kind of earlier on was not as stable, was not as secure, and how happy were you to come back and have just this brilliant amount of success at this brilliant decade for the club? Listen, it's a pleasure. I feel privileged. <clears throat> um, you'd have to feel privileged being being part of part of the club. It's great being around a great, fantastic group of not only football players but they're really good people. All the players are really good, good guys, good people. And I think to be good footballers, you need to be a good person. And um, the coaching staff are brilliant. The medical staff: Danny Miller, David Murphy, the strength and conditioning coach; Graham Norton, the goalkeeping coach; Steve Williams, our kit man; Noel, Noel Walsh. They're all with a great Vinnie 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 surrounded us up really good people, very good backroom team, great players. There's a feel good factor about the club, backed by really good owners. Peak Six are a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic ownership. They've backed they've backed Vinnie with most things that he's wanted to do. They've allowed us to assemble a really strong squad. So Dundalk is in a really good place at the moment, and, and long may it continue. Yeah, just kind of back to your first spell at the club, which started in 2006. You kind of took a club that was at undoubtedly its lowest ebb as a team in the League of Ireland back up to the playoffs. And then due to financial issues, you were just denied that spot. Was that a big blow to you as, as a coach? It was. It was very, very hard to stomach at the time. It's, you're going back now 14 years, a long, long time ago. Um, but the first year was a great year in a lot of, in a lot of sense because you said it was, the club was at a, at a, at a, a difficult point in its, in, in its history. Um, it hadn't had a particularly good season the year before. We had to do a total rebuild. Got young, hungry players in. Great bunch of lads. Had a great season. Missed out on the league title by a point to Shamrock Rovers, but went on to beat Waterford, who were in the Premier Division in a playoff, and were denied promotion at the time by the powers that be. It, it was a hard pill to swallow at the time because I felt that it denied a great club a chance to get into the Premier Division sooner. You know, we could have been in the Premier Division sooner than, than it took us. It set us. It definitely set us back a year. Um, I know the following year we got to a playoff final, but that first year, because of what happened and, and, and the politics surrounding it, definitely affected the group. And in the third year, lucky enough, we, we got our just rewards and we were able to get promoted. But it was, a, it was a, 
a great three years for me personally. And I think it, it probably was the start of the club awakening again to, to the great levels that it got to. And certainly by getting into the Premier Division in 2008, it, it, it's where the club should have been and, 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 and always should be. Yeah, the next season, um, we saw a young Sean Williams, current Irish international and Millwall player, who got his chance on loan at Oriel Park during that season. He was in great form with the Lily Whites, wasn't he? Got off to a great start to his career. Patrick, he, he, he scored a couple of cracking goals. I think he had eight goals in, in the first 12 games, in my, if my memory serves me right. He then drawed and recalled him from loan. <clears throat> I saw Sean playing as a skinny 18, 19-year-old for Drogheda's reserve team. And I actually went to watch another player on the day and, I, and Sean just stood out like a beacon. And I actually asked the then manager of Drogheda, Paul Doolan, who's the, who's the little fella? Who's the long, skinny fella in midfield for you? He told me kid called Sean Williams. I said, any chance of getting him? And he, he, let, he let us have him. We had, lost, we had lost a guy called Sean Finn from the first year we were there. He went to America. And, and Sean was a great... Uh, great replacement. We actually signed Vinnie Perth actually in, in that year as well. I signed Vinnie Perth as a player to play along to play along with Sean in 2007. Unfortunately, Vinnie had a few injury problems, didn't play as many games probably as we had wanted him to play or as he wanted to play himself. But Sean, at that age, even at that age, I could see he had outstanding talent. Yeah. Um, you could argue that you kind of started his career. You you got him you, 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 you got him started really. It's like You could say that it was it was his beginning. Yeah, and I think he acknowledges that in fairness to him. He acknowledged that I think a few weeks back on Twitter. Um Sean doesn't forget he's very he's a very humble guy. I all I done was maybe gave him a chance. He had to go and grasp that chance with both hands and he did that. And after he left after he left us, he went on to Sport and Fingal, went on to a few different clubs and, and deserves everything he get because he was one of the hardest working players I ever had the pleasure of working with. A great lad. Great natural ability, like a, a left peg. He's a left peg, like a wand. Um, and I always had a, for a young for a young kid had a, had a, had an old head and young shoulders. He was a very composed young man. Nothing seemed to phase him, and, and it doesn't surprise me the career that he's gone on to have. Yeah, it'd be great to see him play a few more times again in the green jersey, and maybe even at some stage come back to Oriel Park. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure he has ambitions to play for Ireland. I'm sure. No better manager to, to, to have a look at him than Stephen Kenny. It's an area, certainly, that I feel we, you know, that we, we probably we, we need to probably get a, a few few extra bodies in that area. Um, it's an area that we're not well well covered in. Sean is well capable of playing that, at that level. As regards come back to Oriel Park, I don't know. Um, he, he's he's thirty three now. He probably has a couple more years left in England, but he certainly he, he certainly will add to whatever group he goes into. Yeah, just kind of the next season, 2008, would get even better. We finally achieved that promotion to the Premier Division after six years out. That was just something special, taking the league after a 6-1 win over Kildare County. And for a while, it looked like we weren't going to take it until news filtered through and the place went wild. Yeah, it was a funny, it was a funny night, Boric. I thought the crowd were coming on to lynch me after we won 6-1 because... We had, we had led the league all, all year round and we had a couple of blips near the end of the season that allowed Shelburne back into the title race. And it looked like we had, we had blown a really good chance to, to, to uh, go up automatically. But in fairness to the players, stuck to the resolve. They, people said we were lucky. You don't get lucky over 36 games. OK, we won it on the last night, but our consistency throughout that season was, was fantastic. And again, I was blessed with a great group of players, great backroom team. 
Um, and the fans were magnificent, as they've always been up in Oriel Park. When, 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 when the fans get behind you in Oriel it's, it's, and have the place rocking, it's a difficult place to go. They've been really paramount to not only the success that we had that year, but the success that Stephen Kenny had when he took over. And in fact, what Vinny done last year as well. The crowd of a massive part to play in Oriel. Yeah, then a few days later after that success, he did leave the club. Was it a hard decision for you to leave after that success? Well, I didn't really leave. I was kind of asked to leave. Um, it was a difficult pill to swallow at the time. I probably could have handled things a lot better at the time than I did. The club certainly could have handled things a lot better the way that we went about things. And probably a little bit of stubbornness on both parties uh, resulted in me leaving the club. I don't think it should have ever happened. I think that I, I, I deserved the chance to take the club into the Premier Division the following year. But it, it, it wasn't to be. Um, and, you know, things, sometimes thing ha things happen for a reason. It, it, it took me a while to get over it, but I bounced back. And I, I haven't managed the team since, but I've been involved in football since as either a coach or an assistant manager. Titles really mean to me, they don't mean a lot to me. It's, it's, a manager is the, is the figurehead okay, but if a manager doesn't have the right staff and the right players around them, you'll achieve nothing. So I'm just thrilled that the club got up that year because I feel that if we hadn't made it up that year and we'd stayed in the first division, it could have been a long, long road back to Dundalk. The fact that we got into the Premier Division allowed the club a little bit of time to, 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 to get its feet, although it nearly, went, it nearly lost the playoff a couple of years later. Um, but the fact that we got into the Premier Division allowed the club maybe to stabilise a little bit. Uh, and, and, you know, since then, it's, it's just been history-making. Yeah. Did you keep in touch with the club while you were away from it? Um, I, I kept in touch with certain people. Patrick, I, 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 there were certain people. I've still got... I have friends up there to this day that I had when I was there. Um, the likes of, you know, Porrick McKeown. Uh, Martin Conley was actually Martin Conley, who's the general manager now, was my goalkeeping coach. The year we won the league, uh, uh, Des Weir was there. Um, you know, there, there's Colin Mur Colin Murphy was there. There was a lot of people there that when I was there the first time around, good good people. Um, yeah, and I did keep in touch. I went to a lot. Of, I, I went back there a few times to watch games, and I was I I've, I was always made feel welcome, particularly by the crowd. Again, the crowd up there, once once they see that you give your all for Dundalk, they they'll never they don't forget it. And you'll always get a good reception, no matter what role you played up there. Once the, once the people up there know that you were genuine and that you had affinity for the club, you would always get a good re uh, reception when you went back. I went back with a number of teams after I left. Shamrock Rovers, St. Pat's, Drawdy United. And any time I went back, I have to say, I always got a very good reception. Yeah, just kind of moving on a bit to the start of this season. Uh, we've had a great start. But the, the main highlight probably this year for the league overall, even though we lost it, was the game in Tala versus Shamrock Rovers. Uh, with that screamer from Jordan Flores, they did go on to take the game. But it was just a huge advert for the League of Ireland. And that goal, I think, got 5 million views on Twitter. So it just goes to show. Really. Yeah, I think, I think everything that night epitomised what the potential that this league has. Great stadium, massive crowd. Two really, really very good teams, well coached, excellent players in great physical condition. The atmosphere was electric. Okay, the result didn't go away, and we were a little bit disappointed because we were two one up, and probably we, should, we feel that we shouldn't have let that game slip, slip by. But if you, if you were going to do an advert for the league, that was the game you'd like to see. That was the game the, the advert for the for the league because it had everything. It had great goals, it had great play. There was a great atmosphere. 
everything that you want, every box that you need to tick for the league. It's just a, it's a shame that the COVID came shortly after it because I think that game epitomised and showed people what this league could be about if it was if, if, if given a chance. Yeah, because um, I remember anyway, like it was uh, the excitement was really there and it was just the day before the the Friday games were called off. Uh, it was the Thursday that the lockdown came in and it was just the excitement around the league was there and you would hope that like every club could have that level of excitement in a few years, in maybe five years. Yeah, I think, again, as I said to you there, it's a template for what the league could be. Obviously, we need to maybe improve facilities around, all around the league, including ourselves. Um, but it, the, there's definitely a product there and there's definitely players good enough to put on the type of game that you saw there that night. OK, not every game is going to be as exciting as that. But there are some very, very good teams in this league, some very good coaches and, and more you know, excellent players. So it just needs a chance to shine. It needs backing from the governing body, the FEI, probably, in my view, more backing from the government to make it a, a really strong industry. But hopefully when we, get back, when, this, when we get back playing in August, we can continue on you know, and have more nights like we had that night. Yeah, how do you think the league should return because there's been a lot going around about it recently that there's going to be only 18 games or that the games are going to be made void or that there's going to be no relegation. How do you feel uh, the league should be played out when it returns? Well, I think we as a club, we certainly as a staff, myself and Vinny, and, and, and as, you know, we've spoken about this and we've, we've spoken with our, with our general manager, Martin Conley, and I think Vinny, Vinny's gone on record. He actually came out with a... a, 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 a a statement the weekend. What we want, what we would like to see is <clears throat> the first five games, not not null and void. We haven't asked for the league to be scrapped. Vinny's been misquoted in a couple of in a couple of uh, papers over the weekend. What we want to see is we want obviously we definitely want to come back, but we, we feel that there's enough scope there to have tw- uh, 22 more games when we come back. Um, so you have you play three rounds that you you don't scrap the FEI Cup. The FEI Cup should stay, albeit maybe in a different format. Um, and the season, in our view, should be extended not till the end of October, but till probably the first week in December. And if we do the, if we do, if we do it that way, we feel that you know the league will get the credibility that it deserves. There's talk of, you know, uh, coming back a 13 game program and no FAI Cup and no relegation. Uh, uh, that to me would be nonsense. I think it would uh, nearly bring the league into disrepute. It would make it would it would it would do the credibility and do severe damage to the to the brand of the league. To me, there has to be consequences. If you don't, if you're not doing your stuff, you deserve to be relegated. Also, you're going to win a league. You want to win it, you know, over a, a real format, not just a, an 18-game sprint. And that's not because we're behind Shamrock Rovers. I'd be saying that if we were where they were on top, we feel as a club, there's enough, there's enough time to get a 22-game schedule in when we come back. There's enough time to play the FAI Cup. Yeah, by all means, scrap the League Cup. We also got four clubs in Europe, and we, we know that, but we're still prepared. You know, we'll, we'll go into Europe and we'll play whatever games are put in front of us. But to go back and just play 13 games, scrap all cup competitions, and have no relegation, to me, it, it, it damages and, and, and the league loses all credibility. To, to sponsors, to fans, you will just, there'll be, there'll be no interest in it. Yeah, exactly. The league is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, to go back and, and say, well, we're only going to have 13 games. There might now we don't. This hasn't been decided yet, but some of the stuff being put around, there's going to be no relegation. Listen, 
I feel a lot of clubs are, are asking for no relegation because either they've either got off to bad starts or financially they feel that they probably can't see out a longer season. Well, the government have just awarded 40 million there to be, to be divided out between soccer, rugby and Gaelic. If we get a big enough slice of that pie, there's no reason why we can't extend the league. Take each club on a case-by-case basis. If a club needs more help than maybe others, we'll give them that help. But like, don't de- 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 degenerate the league by just saying we'll play 13 games, no relegation, no cup competitions. If that's the case, you might as well close the door now and, and just uh, put off till next year a, 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 new, a new competition because we're after being off for four months. We're back. It looks like we, we, if we only go back for 13 games, we'll be back for two or three months max and then we're going to be off for another four months. It's not good enough. If we're serious about the league here, we've got to be serious about the way it's run. Yeah, do you think the uh, do you think the games should come back with crowds or just not straight away and maybe gradually ease them in? What's your feeling on that side of it? I think we've got to gradually ease them in. I think I think there's a rule actually saying that there's 200 people allowed to go to games from next Monday, if I'm not mistaken, from the 29th. And I think from at some stage in early August, they're saying maybe 500 people can come in. I think it, you've got to we we can learn from other leagues that are back now, and there are other leagues back before us who have crowds going to games now. We should maybe take a slowly, slowly approach. Watch to what, watch what other leagues are doing. But definitely, at some stage, phase in the fans. Because football, again, without fans is going to be difficult. Players love to play in front of big crowds. You, you've, you've just said it yourself earlier on. That night in Tallow, when there were 7,500 people in the ground making a racket, making a lot of noise, support the team. Players thrive in that, particularly good players. So that's what we should be trying to get back to. Yeah, um, just the European dates were recently announced for mid-August, I think it was. What's your feeling going into the European campaign and have you been doing much scouting on potential opponents? Yeah, we have. During the, break, during the breakdown, in fairness to Vinny, he gave a, a, a lot of the staff and the players, in fairness, some projects to do. We looked at a, a possible eight or nine opponents. We, done, we watched a lot of, a lot of the games realistically we probably are going to draw one of eight or nine teams so we had a chance to look at all of those Shane Keegan who was new to the staff and has, who's been an excellent addition to the staff he, he'll be busy in the next in the next few weeks now doing match match day analysis he's our, 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 our senior scout he'll come back with a lot of information he's already had a look at some of the potential targets that we can play in um, and we'll focus on that we are focused on that now as well as the league because you've got to be, you've got to always have one, one eye in Europe we are we we consider ourselves a European club, um, and, and a record of the last six, seven, eight years has been has, has proven that. So yeah, you've always got one eye in Europe. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, just kind of back to the European campaign last year. Um, great win over Riga, and then it kind of slowed down a little bit after that. What do you think went wrong there? Um, yeah, the Riga game was a, a game of. Attrition. It was an attritional game. They were a very big, strong, powerful, typical Eastern European physical side. Well set up, well coached, hard to break down. It was nip and tuck, but I thought we deserved to win the tie. We won it in penalties, but I thought we deserved to win the tie over the two legs. Carabag was always going to be a difficult tie. They have European pedigree. They've been in the group stages of the Champions League. We done we done quite well against them at home. First half we were a little bit sketchy, but I thought the second half again we should have won the game. Um, Possibly won the game 2-1, if not 3-1. We had a couple of great chances. Their keeper pulled off some really good saves. We missed a couple of chances. The game out there, again, it was a very, very tight game. We were under the coach for lots of it. 
But with 20 minutes to go, it was still one all. And it was a game plan that we had. It didn't work. We gave away a couple of sloppy goals. We got a bit tired. It was a lot of traveling. We came back, went to, Slo went to Slovakia then against uh, Slovan. Did very, very well out there, I felt, in the away leg. Um, they got a late goal to beat us. And, and their goalkeeper pulled off an unbelie unbelievable save off John Meltney in injury time. We, we could have come away with a one-all draw out there. We really fancied our chances. And unfortunately, on the on, you know the second leg here, we gave away a couple of really, really poor goals in the first half, which put us behind the eight ball. But again, showed great character to come back. We missed the penalty, and and you know if that penalty had gone in and, and brought the game back to two all with 20 minutes to go, we felt we were really well in the tie. But it just wasn't to be. Um, we learned a lot of lessons from it, as you do and as you always do in Europe. It showed us the levels that we need to get to. We've been striving to get to those levels, and we feel. You know, all, all things being equal, we, we'll give a good account of ourselves in Europe again this year. Yeah, uh, just another talking point last season was uh, the, the miraculous kind of rise against Shamrock Rovers. They were 13 up at one point, with some of the supporters losing faith after a loss in Sligo. Did you, did the, did you ever lose belief in yourselves that you were going to do it? I have to say we didn't. It was a tough night in Sligo. And the week before against St. Pat's where we were beaten, we, we felt we shouldn't have got beaten that night. We, we should have at least got a draw in that game. But we were beaten. Sligo, we were poor in the night. We, 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 we didn't play well. <clears throat> and as a group, we discussed things after that game that night. But we always knew we had a squad, the squad of players to, to get us over the hump. People seem to forget we lost the crooks of our, our, our central midfield players. Like The first game of the season, we lost... Uh, we lost Robbie Benson we lost Patrick McElhaney to two bad injuries then we lost Chris Shields to an injury then we lost Sean Murray to another injury Jordan Flores got injured so we were always under pressure in that area of the pitch we were, we were cobbling together a, mid, a midfield pairing at nearly every game until we got the players back fit when we got McElhaney back fit when we got Shields back fit we got, we, we got Benson back fit and we, we hung in there. Now, we knew Rovers had played more games with games in hand, but we knew once we got our full squad back, particularly our midfield players, that we would, be, we would go on a good run. And we went on an unbelievable run. There was always great belief in the squad and in the staff. And in fairness, most, the majority of the fans. And, and you know what? The fact that we were able to drag it back and win it by... We were 15 points clear when we won the league, the night we won the league. It was some turnaround and, and huge credit must go to the players because... They were the ones that had to put in the hard work and the hard yards. Yeah, just kind of moving on a bit. I had, had a few fan questions asked. And one of them was asked a few times, what's your biggest inspiration? Um, trying to improve. Every day I get up, I try to improve myself. I try, I try to go when I go into the club and I go training, I, I try to maybe help improve players. Um, and that, that's an inspiration. Every morning you get up, you try to be better than you were the previous day. That's, that's what I do every day. That's what I focus on. And no matter what I'm doing, uh, no matter what tasks I do, I try to, I try to improve on what I've done the previous day. Uh, just kind of moving on a bit more. At the end of last season, we, had, we left it on a high and then just a little low after the FAI Cup final at Shamrock Rovers. It was a very close game. They just edged out on penalties. Uh, what do you think went wrong there? Realistically, and you got my honest answer, I think we lost two massive players um, before the final. We lost Chris Shields to a, a well-documented mix-up over, over uh, uh, bookings. And we lost Patrick McElhaney in the semi-final against Sligo with a, with a hamstring injury. They are two really massive players for us. 
massive for the group. It hurt the group. Um, I, 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 I firmly believe that if we had had both the player, those players available, we would have given an even better account of ourselves. We didn't play to the levels that we know we can play in the final, but we still dug in. We still were, were, were you know, very resolute, showed great re resilience and able to get a late goal, went to extra time. And, and I, I really feel that if we had had those two players available, that things might have been different. Yeah, the loss of Chris Shields was kind of sprung on us a bit. It wasn't expected. What was your feeling on it? I felt, first of all, I felt, first and foremost, I felt so sorry for Chris because I, I know how hard he works and how devastated he was to miss that game. You know, as a club, we probably could have done, we could have done things a little bit better, but we weren't, you know, we probably could have got a help from other people as well, which we didn't. Um, I think it was a travesty that a player misses a cup final over uh, a bit of a, a bit of red tape or a rule that wasn't 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 finalised. Um, you know, you got to learn from these things, and it's certainly something that won't happen to us again. Yeah, just finally, um, what are the aims, kind of, when the season resumes for Europe and the league and potentially the cup if it goes ahead? We want to be the best we can be. We we feel we've got the squad now to try and push on. We've got a really really quality squad, which is which is great thanks to the owners. The owners have been magnificent in the backing of what allowed Vinny to, to to assemble the squad that he has. We set ourselves very very high standards. Um, every day that we go into training, we try to be we try to improve try to make things better. We feel we've a squad that will compete on all fronts. Um, we, want, we, want to be, uh, we want to fulfil the potential that we know we have in the group and everybody in the group is striving to do that. And I think when we do go back, you'll see a really dynamic, um, fit, uh, fully, fit, uh, fully fit Dundalk squad, a really dynamic squad that will, that will, will challenge on all fronts. Thanks, John, so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, Patrick. Really enjoyed it. And well done. I really enjoy your podcast. Best of luck going forward in the future. And I hope you fulfill your dreams, whatever they are. Thank you. Thank you very much.